This is part two of our series with special guest Logan Atlas. If you haven't listened to part one, we highly recommend that you do that before jumping into this one, as it is a continuation of our discussion. So without further ado, part two. Welcome to Forge Comics. Your one-stop shop for discovering more about comic book characters, stories, and general analysis of these epic tales. So join us on this journey across mediums and multiverses to learn more about the amazing world of comics. I'm Trey. This is Jojo. And I'm Petey. We had talked about doing this episode about a month ago, and we knew that we wanted to get Logan on because we wanted to have his opinion on the idea. I also had a secret mission to make sure Moon Knight became higher up on Logan's list because I knew he was going to love him. <laughs> I think all of us kind of come to the same spot where I didn't know much about Moon Knight except for that basically he was an awesome design. He had some sort of mental disability, and people often compare it to Batman, which we'll talk about. That's all I really knew. I He's one of those characters that was esoteric for me that I was interested in and never took the time to dive into more, to be honest. I really hadn't read anything with him until doing this episode. Um, and over the past month, I've been doing research. So to kind of open this up, uh, we can talk a little about his backstory. You guys can contribute whenever you want if I'm missing something. Basically, Mark Spector was a mercenary, um, spent lots of times doing jobs throughout the entire world. Um, getting paid to do assassinations or pick things up, do rescue missions, whatever it is for whoever it was. He got a lot of jobs and a lot of money doing this. And then he one time gets too too deep into a mission. Um, he gets left for dead because of an accident that happens with some of the people he was fighting against and finds himself at the basically front of a tomb in Egypt. Uh, and he's near death. And then the moon god... Khonshu comes and visits him and says, I can give you a second chance. I can save you, but you have to be my avatar on this earth. Do you accept? And Mark says, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I want to survive. <laughs> I'll, what else are you going to do, right? No, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'll just die. <laughs> I mean, I don't see any other option here. Um, but then as Logan already touched on, as he started to develop this Moon Knight personality, rather than just being a superhero, he said, I can do more. And I'm sure he had already had experience with disguises and being different people. But he develops two different characters that we can kind of talk about. Um, again, Logan mentioned them briefly. The first one is Jake Lock Lockley, um, who's basically keeps his ear to the ground. He can be a cabbie, hear things on the street, and nobody's going to look think twice about it. Then he's got Stephen Grant, which works because Mark Spector is probably a millionaire um, with all the jobs he's done. And he uses that for his high, high society, um, keeping things on a corporate level, understanding how things are going with there. And that's the general idea, but they all kind of start to bleed together. And then you put Moon Knight on top of that. Now we've got Mark Spector, Moon Knight, Jake Lockley, and Stephen Grant all fighting for the spotlight, literally. And so that's a lot of the stories we get with him. Um, kind of just give a general idea. I've done some reading aside from what we assigned. So to give an idea what we read, we read um, Jeff Lemire's run in 2016, the first 14 issues, which is basically um, a reboot of the character. And the first person issues are just him basically fighting his own demons. Uh, aside from that, I've read other things. The biggest things I can find with his stories are that he leans a lot into the psychosis and a lot into the Egyptian mythology. A lot of his villains are associated with um, Egyptians or sometimes you have like the avatar of another Egyptian god that he's fighting. Um, in addition to just the classic street level New York, New York characters. 
So that's kind of the opening opening topic to talk about with Moon Knight is this is who he is. Really, he's fighting against all these different aspects of his personalities that come out of different times. Is there anything in the intro that you guys want to start off before we kind of break this down and have more more discussion on the character? I guess just this uh, specific run, it jumps around a lot, so it, it, it can get a little confusing. Um, but I think kind of the beauty behind the writing, although obviously it has its flaws, um, it's not com- it's not too confusing that it, it it leaves you not wanting to read, right? Like it's it's very intriguing. It kind of wants you, uh, it kind of pushes you to to continue reading. So I thought that they did that well in that aspect, just general and, writing aspect. And I normally absolutely hate when they change um, animation style or art style. But considering he's jumping from personality to personality, to be a completely different art style from one page to the next was just awesome. I felt completely confused, which I'm sure is intentional, so that we feel the same way he does. Yeah, I loved the way they did that because I'm all like, one thing I like about it is like, I like experimental things. Like I like when like a writer or an artist like when their like work almost seems brave. Like they're like, no, I'm going to do this thing that not many people are willing to do. And I'm going to see if I can make this work. And then they do. Yeah. And it works for this story. Um, I know I talk about, like, literally I was, so we were going to do a recap of kind of issue by issue, which we've done in the past, but we were thinking about it and it's too hard to break down issue by issue because he's literally panel to panel. You'll get different things where he's jumping from Jake's head to Steven's head. Um, one of the things that's crazy that I thought was really cool. Um, one of the times he's Jake Lockley, he's in the in a taxi cab. He opens the door, and when he steps out, the next panel, he's on space. And now he's an actor, Steve Grant, on a space on a space set. Like, what is going on? And then he'll switch back to Moon Knight, and you just have all these different switches that are happening. And it's like if there were if there were a line that says, if you do this, it's too confusing. If you don't, then you're okay. It is right on that border, pushing it and bending it. Like it is yeah. so confusing, but it's also, we've read books that are awful because they're jumping around. This book jumps around, but it's also, it felt very well contained and it felt so purposeful that I never lost interest. I never felt too confused that I didn't want to be reading more. I just kept smiling about the fact that Jeff Lemire, who's a genius writer, anyone in the comics know that knows that he is basically saying this is what Mark Spector goes through every day. So deal with it. Like <laughs> you guys can handle it. <laughs> no, he doesn't like like and like switching art styles too. Like he, they do a really good job of like it's not necessarily like a first person present tense story. But they actually make you feel the way he feels, right? And then that moment, and I think it's either issue one or two, when Conchu's like, let your insanity guide you. <sighs> Had to screenshot that moment. That moment, I was like, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it is like part of like what allows him to see differently, which is also kind of true with a lot of ancient cultures was like a lot of the people like that were seen as crazy like that would be seen as crazy today 
were often kind of like considered more like shamanic back in the day. Mm. That's just the point. Keep going. No, I think that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought with that, but that makes that makes complete sense. So we talked about this a little bit, but Logan specifically, are there what aspects of Moon Knight's character do you think represent mental illness well? Um, what do you feel like is missing that they could that they could have leaned into more? I think it depends. I mean, as far as what they do well, I feel like I can't, we kind of already like touched on what they do well. Um, they take a different approach with the with the DID, right? Usually, it seems almost like a one-off, right? Like there was this trauma, this happened. Whereas, like, it was really yeah, it's like you said, like it was really interesting to have him do the same exact thing that other superheroes have already done. And it just affected him terribly. Um, because that's very common amongst mental health. Like, I could do the same exact thing that someone else does. Like, even just taking, like, a supplement like um, 5-HTP. Normal, it's like, it in increases serotonin levels. Um, so it can, like, help with depression. But because I'm bipolar... And there's already like something off and like it's a chemical imbalance with serotonin. 5-HTP throws my serotonin, like so my serotonin levels super out of whack and will trigger a manic episode. So it's like that's like very like that the, the way they did that's very true to mental illness. Um, as far as what they could do differently to make it better, they don't honestly. Like, unless I were to say he should be bipolar because I want him to be like me, which I would never say that, <sighs> there's nothing they could, like, they actually, they hit it. Um, and a lot of the times, like, I haven't even read Hank Pym, but I've heard that Hank Pym's portrayal of bipolarity is almost like blasphemy with how bad it is from what I've heard. <laughs> but <laughs> Moon Knight, like, just from a like if you were to look at him as like a mental health awareness character like someone you like a character you look at and be like oh shit like there are people that kind of go through this kind of thing just with like he's really good and it's like dark and gritty enough to where it's like they're not they're not glamorizing it yeah that's a really good way of looking at it i, I like you said i think moon knight is an interesting case because in some ways, he is successful as a vigilante because of his disorder that he is able to compartmentalize once he kind of gets a grasp of it, I, I believe, is kind of the way this transitions out of this series and into his kind of main continuity. What do you think about how villains are often characterized with some sort of mental illness and the idea that the mental illness is almost portrayed as the cause of their issues or their attitude. Does that make sense to you? Like like a bad guy being OCD and killing someone and then wiping the blood off of their, their pristine suit. That's like a very easy thing to visualize, I think. Yeah, and it's like, I think that's one thing that comic books have kind of done a little too much of, frankly. Um, like, okay, narcissism, yeah, probably every villain is going to be a sociopath or a narcissist to some degree, right? Like, you kind of need to have a little bit less of a conscience 
to be killing a lot of people. That's just, that's probably true. Um, but like, OCD kind of seems like, unless they were to take it to like a level where the person saw um, other people as like a stain, right? Like that would be an interesting way of doing OCD. I don't know if there are any villains that kind of look at hu- like other humans as just dirty. Have you seen My Hero Academia or followed it at all? I watched the first couple episodes. I just yeah. don't. I don't know why. I never really got into it. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little slow at the beginning. Um, Pete though, I think has watched most of it with me. I believe Overhaul, who is portrayed to be very OCD, wears gloves, don't touch me, wipes. You know, if anyone ever touches him, he wipes himself off. I believe he basically sees other people as impure, and as a result, his superpower is that he can basically rewrite them as anything he wants. So he just uses it to like basically blow people up. But I, I believe that, like, what you're hitting on is kind of exactly what they were going for, is his OCD, his inability to handle anything dirty or unclean leads him to kill a lot of people. So that's that line that they're, I think, like you said, crossing a lot, way too often in comics. But see, the way that, like, the way it sounds like My Hero does it, that actually sounds like it's a very reasonable, like, obviously, like, it's for... Most of these things are for entertainment, right? So they're going to be, like, played up a little bit. But that one actually makes sense to me. I think that's that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think of one that wouldn't be fair. You guys know more about comics than me. I, re- I read more fantasy than I do comics. Well, so yeah, what would be one of the ones that you guys would say? Well, like, that so comes this, to your mind with? This whole segment, I actually was going to segue into Batman. Um I don't, there's a fascinating book that you guys, I highly recommend reading. It's basically a psychological analysis of every main character in Batman and how they all represent a different mental illness. But basically, like, his whole entire rogues gallery is one after another a major illness. Uh, Catwoman is a klepto. Penguin is has inferiority complex and is a narcissist. Let me see. I've actually got, like, most of the list. Um, oh, was that, the, was that, what was it, Holy PTSD Batman? <laughs> I came across that, too. That's a different sto- study. Oh, okay. It's actually a full book. I have it in my Audible. I'll send the link later. But um, that sounds dope. Harley Quinn has histrionic personality disorder, which is like uh, someone who needs attention. Uh, Mad Hatter is paranoid schizophrenic. So these are all characters who kind of to the max, their mental illness is over personified. And it basically embodies who they are and why they're evil. So I feel like that's on that the wrong side of that line and kind of heading down a slippery slope, if I'm being honest. And I'm not a huge Batman fan. This is part of why. But what, what are you guys' thoughts? Does that seem like yeah, headed in the right direction? I think using a mental health issues as their means to be evil is honestly, like you said, a very slippery slope. Um, I think one of the things I appreciate so much about Moon Knight is that he's close to insanity, but he's a good guy. Like It doesn't affect that he knows what's kind of good and bad, and he blends it a little bit with probably being a little more violent than he should be, um, especially Jake. There's times in the comics where, um, <laughs> as I've been reading on with this 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 run after these 14 issues, another writer takes on. There's a point when Mark's fighting as Moon Knight, and he basically says, and his thought bubble says, "I can't take this one, Jake. Can you take over?" And then Jake takes over the body and starts wailing on this guy and destroys him. And it's like it's very dark, but it's very much that idea of 
okay, again, using my insanity, using my mental illness as a means to help me accomplish my end goal, which is heroic. Whereas personifying somebody, it's a joke. Like personifying someone as a mental illness is not a character. It's just an idea. Yeah, and kind of just to make the connection to what Logan said earlier about him personally, um, you mentioned that at times like having that risk felt like a superpower, right? Because, I mean, what what is there to lose? And I think that's another another thing that they did well with Moon Knight is Khonshu is constantly telling him, like, I picked you because you have a weak mind. You have a very weak mind. <laughs> and and Khonshu, his intentions were he can manipulate Moon Knight. And then what's cool is as you're kind of diving into the story, you realize, well, I guess Moon Knight realizes that that weakness or acknowledging and realizing the disorder that he has is actually that superpower of being able to take those risks, right? So mm -hmm. it kind of flips the script, um, turn, turns things on its head. And I think that's what makes it so, so much better as far as writing compared to, as Trey is saying, you know, these villains that they're taking these weaknesses and they're amplifying them and highlighting them as, you know, their fall to, to grace or from grace. Right. Whereas in Moon Knight, it's, it's the opposite. You're taking this weakness and you're, you know, escalating it to, to a greater degree where you're seeing as, oh, you know what, this, your weaknesses can really become your strengths, right? No, it's just, it's funny because, like, so many people do compare Moon Knight to Batman. But it's, it's the difference between a full moon and no moon. <laughs> like, so cheesy. Um, <laughs> that was so cheesy. Um, it's widely considered to be personification of PTSD. Yeah, which is... <laughs> I just think the idea of making a superhero a personification of literally anything is bullshit. And that's what he's He's not a personification of it. He's a well-rounded character that has a disorder. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also it's funny because it's like it's a it's a pretty dark comic, right? <laughs> um, but it actually is in a way more inspiring and uplifting than any Batman comic book would be. Because if you're constantly seeing every mentally ill character be a villain and they're just like throwing your own disorders in your face, <laughs> right? Like, oh, you have OCD? Um, oh, you, like, okay, like Harley Quinn, like, the histrionic thing. What? So you really, really crave attention. So you're going to become the Joker's like mistress and just start killing people. That makes so much sense. <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a fucking stretch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to put it. So as we're kind of talking about the relationship with Moon Knight and Batman, um, how there's a lot of comparison between the two. I think we can all agree that I think it's an unfair judgment uh, that Moon Knight and probably a lot better than Batman in a lot of ways. 
there is a question that I wanted to ask. I'm going to switch two questions around here because I want. I think this is a good discussion to kind of keep going with. How many alter egos do we think that Mark Spector has? Khonshu, part of his imagination, part of his psychosis, or is he actually the avatar for this Egyptian god? And I'm curious, not just for Logan, but all of you guys. This was my biggest question throughout this whole thing, is what is the relationship there? I, I want to say that he's one of the personas, but I honestly think that he's real. But I would love it for him to be one of them. Because... There is the panel at the end when he says, we are Moon Knight and we never needed you, right? So he, like, tries to kind of attack Khonshu in a way. But I just, I'm curious what you guys' opinions are on the on the matter. I think, and maybe this is, maybe I'm probably overcomplicating it, but I think it can kind of be both. It's up to the reader's discretion. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is, and tying, tying this back to, to something that Logan brought up as well is we can kind of compare Khonshu to maybe the the negative moments that your parents had or others had in the fact that those things that were said um, that may have impacted you negatively were very much real, but it was up to you to decide whether or not to believe them. And so Khonshu, I would say is anyone that can kind of, I guess that has come across Moon Knight's life, whether whatever persona that he is, and has um, kind of blamed him or pointed at him or used his disability or, or um, health issues as kind of a way to belittle him or whatever. And as real as those things are in the end, it's up to Moon Knight, as we see, to decide whether or not he believes that. Whether he's going to rely on the things, the negative thoughts of another person or of his own doubts and insecurities, or if he's going to kind of fight it and, and continue on. And yeah, I don't know if I am able to say, like, I don't know if I was clear in, in explaining that, but those are just kind of my thoughts on it. And no, yeah. I like, because it sounds like it's like almost like basically the stories he's been told like are repeating themselves and framing themselves as this like sometimes more than demeaning God that gave him his powers. And I think that, yeah, I think that's really cool. <laughs> I don't think you can really go wrong with an interpretation. It's pretty sick, yeah. no matter how you look at it. I mean, either it is a god, and that's sick, or it's the seventh personality, and he kills it, and that's sick, or it's the embodiment of all the negativity he's always had, and that's sick. So it's like, either way, it's just a home run, honestly, as a, as a creative yeah. tool. I feel like this kind of, these types of discussions that you can have with Moon Knight and his psychosis aren't usual discussions you can get with a lot of comic book characters. It's like something you would hear in like your English class in, in high school or college. Like the fact that we can have multiple interpretations for what his view of reality is, what his perspectives are on things, um, whether or not Khonshu is real or not. These types of conversations, it's very much up to the reader to determine what they believe. And throughout this comic, that's the biggest thing that he tells you is basically what is reality for Mark and what do you guys think it is? Like that's what Jeff Lemire is asking because 
I mean, you have that scene where he's up on top of the rooftops looking over an Egyptian panel that should be New York. And so you have these ideas where there's so much confusion between the two that I love this more than almost anything else is the idea of what's true, what isn't true. It's been explored in other mediums. Um, Legion does it a little bit, but it doesn't do it as well. And it does it after this comic, just in case you were wondering. Um, but I just think that this whole series is an amazing job of doing that. Um, I wanted to ask Logan, I'm, I know the answer, but I want everyone else to know too, since I know what Logan sent me for his screenshots. But what panels and what scenes would you feel were most impactful for you? Um, for sure, that one, the one that Wimanchu's like, let your insanity guide you, um, was a huge one. I don't remember what the other one I sent you was, because that was those two. So I'll pull it up. Um, it's just him with the doctor. Oh, that was just. <laughs> Just brilliant writing. Um, that I mean, that really it was really just brilliant writing. Um, the one that actually resonated really was the "Let Your Insanity Guide You," and also the way he's able to perceive what others couldn't. Like when he's able to, like, well, when he's supposedly able to see the orderlies for what they most likely or probably are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I think, supposedly, that's, those panels were really cool to me. Yeah, for those who haven't read the comic really quick, what he's talking about is the orderlies that basically keep giving Mark his medications. His Their faces keep switching between being, this is the whole theme of the mental health and the mental, uh, sorry, the mental hospital. They keep taking faces of regular people and then it will switch and become like Egyptian gods or um, whatever other Egyptian creature you can imagine. And he's the only one that sees this. Aside from the one old guy, I loved this part too. In the beginning, the old guy who could see them and he's just like, I used to do some things that kind of opened my mind. <laughs> things different. He's like, In other words, I did a lot of acid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go Moon Knight. Like, <laughs> um, but you know that those were some of the more resonant ones. Okay. Um, what were like? What were the ones for you guys? We're just conscious sitting on the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in a suit. Um, I thought. I actually, I don't know. I don't know my screenshots on my phone. I read on my iPad, but I thought the entire interaction between him and um, Stephen Grant was like kind of the most heartfelt that it got i think where he really was kind of just talking to himself and then i think that's where steven's like am i am i gonna die and it just was like really interesting like these parts of himself that he was communicating with and that was kind of where he seemed like he was the most coherent because he's really confused throughout like 95 percent of this and that was kind of the moment where he seemed like he really grasped what he was who, who these people were and their place and what he had to do with them Jojo, what about you? Yeah, there was there was one panel, and it's it's kind of like three shots, but it it's kind of jumping back and forth to the past of how he first became Moon Knight, and then him um, confronting Kanchu. And it just says, I'll just really read it really quick. It says, "No allies and no friends to make you feel better about your pathetic, ruined mind." This is Kanchu talking to 
to Moon Knight. He says, they know how sensitive and fragile fragile you are. They don't want to hurt you further, so they never say it to your face, but you are a liability to them. Deep in their hearts, they will be glad to finally be rid of you. And I think when I read that, it like hurt. I was like, man, there's like, there are people that feel this way. And I can't say, I'm, I'm sure I felt some part of that, but I can't like draw on a moment for me particularly where I have felt that way. But just reading that, I just felt like it cut so deep because it's something that's very, very real. But at the same time, it's such a lie because these types of thoughts are their intention and unconscious intention in this is to get you alone, to get you sucked into your own doubts, your own insecurities, um, anything really, and just suffocate you in your own thoughts and cut off any any attachment that you have to any type of support, whether it be family, friends, anything at all. And so I thought the writing for that was just very, very real. So I, I enjoyed that part. I think I think that's honestly perfectly what, what mine kind of piggybacks right off of that section um, when they're confronting Khonshu. And I say they're as all of Moon Knight, uh, when they confront Khonshu together and you first see a panel of Mark Spector holding Conchu's skull, and he says, I am Mark Spector. And then you have the same one. It's Stephen Grant. Now he's the same character in a suit, a little more clean cut. says, I am Stephen Grant. And then you see the cabbie, Jake Lockley, say, I am Jake Lockley, and we are going to be okay. We are going to live with who we are. And then the last thing is Moon Knight with Conchu's skull being crushed. And it says, we are Moon Knight, and we never needed you. And so it's this idea of him accepting, first of all, yes, there are multiple of me. There's no denying that because all three of us are attacking Khonshu right now. But they're also accepting that what Khonshu is bringing to the table for them, whether or not he is. It's so complicated because he's literally saying, you're going to be my avatar, so I'm going to live inside of you. So it's like, well, how do I know if that's real or not? Because you're saying you're going to live I'm, inside of him. As we're having this conversation, I'm leaning way more towards JoJo's. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I read that, I was like, like hearing it out loud, I was like, oh, that sounds like something like my inner critic has said to me before. <laughs> and then when like they take him on, and it's kind of like this empowering moment where he's like, to hell with my self-doubts. Like to hell with the things that these people like put in my brain, like of me not being enough or in his case, us not being enough. Um, yeah, no, that's that's so dope. I I think the fact that they all kind of transition through them, they're all holding his skull, and this ominous, almost omnipotent being does absolutely nothing. Like tells you, but it confirms, in my opinion, what Joe said. Yeah. Now, like, yeah, he couldn't. He he wasn't powerful. He wasn't anything. And he just crushed him. Um, I, I love that, too. I actually had one more panel, too, that I, I directly preceded what I shared before. And it was when he was basically telling the, the, the personas that they needed to go away. And Moon Knight's the only one that's basically like, no, screw you. I'm not going anywhere. And he says, I don't want to fight you. Fighting you is what I've always done. And it's led us here. I want to try a new way, a better way. I want to acknowledge you, accept you, and then move on. Which I think is awesome because I think the real villain that he overcomes in this entire thing is his inner demons, to, to a certain extent. I mean, they still exist. 
but this entire conflict from start to finish is internal basically and he's he only succeeds when he changes his strategy and he accepts who he is and tries to move on yeah that's take that batman <laughs> no but batman's the best though right I mean, no batman's the best just the best yeah so i think a major takeaway from the podcast so far i think we all agree we want to see heroes characterized more frequently with different mental health challenges without being the personification of that mental health challenge so with all the things that people face these days and and those challenges have definitely changed since comics came around what are some of the issues that we we want to see and how do we feel like those should be prioritized should we start seeing should the next one that's a major focus be a hero with anxiety or depression or where do we think they should take this kind of next or most urgently what do you guys think i think they should focus on not like they sh- they could even leave it kind of vague because suicidal ideation isn't necessarily an illness like or disorder in itself it's just something that so many people struggle with right like so many people like for one reason or another whether it's like ptsd anxiety depression bipolarity did schizophrenia whatever or because like they are um like gender dysphoria right or the LGBT community, like so many people struggle with suicidal ideation. I would kind of like to see a character that like does delve into that. And almost if they would do it without there actually being, like don't give the person schizophrenia, don't give the person DID, like give them, like let them have anxiety. Like, let them be, like, an overthinker who's, like, comes across as almost like a normal person to everyone else, but, like, they're constantly just, like, you know, like, just like in their head, there's, like, I could blow my brains up today. Like, I could die today, right? Like, that would be an interesting take. Like, that person, like, all the time is, like, wanting death, but then at the very end of the day, like, you could even start the first comic book, like, the first issue of them, you know? out as like this seemingly normal person and then they just put on like don the cape at the end of the day and go save a bunch of like save the city yeah i i i agree with you actually that would that would be my take as well something general but involving this the suicide and you know you promo with suicide prevention but but what about the idea of like and this might have been done so my question i guess is has this been done someone who fights crime almost as a death wish like win-win like, hey, I stop these bad guys who are probably have guns and are way bigger than me, or I die, and either way, and I'm not like trying to talk down about anyone. I'm saying a character who went into it with that mindset that would be really interesting to me. Like every victory was almost like, dang, I have to get up tomorrow, and they try again. You know what I mean? Is that has that been done? Well, looking at the camera, I can see Logan is dying to to say something about that um, for one of his future projects, but we're not quite there yet, so we're gonna tell him to keep biting his tongue. Um, honestly i don't think we see it very much i mean i think the closest thing we get is like suicide squad but that's because they've got a bomb in their head and it's better than being in prison but they also don't care that much about dying um but i really don't know if we see that very much in the general superhero community what would you guys like to see more of i actually I actually have OCD, um, and I think 
it's it I, it's not like I'm looking for like an OCD character on panel necessarily because I do feel like it is overrepresented, but it it does seem to be more like associated with villains. It's kind of like a control freak type thing that manifests itself. If it, on panel, it seems to manifest itself more oftenly uh, as as kind of an evil leaning attribute. From my research, did you uh, did you ever hear of the Anarchist? That comic book. I've heard of it. Oh, I just stumbled upon it today. But so that character has OCD. Okay. And he's a superhero. Like he, I don't know. When I was like looking into him a little bit earlier, I was like, that's really cool. Okay. Like an OCD superhero would be a lot, would be really cool. Like, and because I still think OCD is like, because I have like one of my really good friends is OCD too. And like, Thinking about like any of like the people I've known that have OCD as villains, I'm like that's that's not that likely. That seems like less likely. Like they're they're much more likely to be a quirky superhero and maybe an antihero. Well, what's, I I totally agree with you. And what's what's interesting about it is there's actually a form of OCD called uh, harm OCD where you are you have these racing thoughts that you can't control that involve, um, like, you see someone and you have this bad vision of, like, hurting that person. And so you're all, like, that version of OCD would almost, I think, push someone to strive to fight crime, to be to try to keep their thoughts so pure, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's hard to imagine them almost going the other way because they're fighting that inner demon. Not that it's, like, an actual temptation, but it's more like just bad thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they would they would have like an like they would have a stark aversion to people feeling pain. That's that's a better way to say that. You might write <laughs> for a living. Do you write for a living? I might. <laughs> Joe, do you have do you have any thoughts on that? Any anything you'd like you think should be represented sooner than later? I mean I know I say this all the time, but I don't really know because the only comics that I've read is the ones that we've been assigned. So I don't know. I don't know how much of like a trope some of these issues have become. Um, I can I can see it with like the OCD and as we talked about, like with the villains always having like almost these mental illness and, and highlighting them in almost a, a dark light. So I do. I do. I would like to see more things like um, Moon Knight. I I do know that, uh, is it, oh man, Mr. Miracle, I believe. I've heard that he's done, they've done a really good job with the, uh, portraying depression through him. I don't know anything about him though. So I don't know what his superpower is. I don't know how that, um, kind of plays in with his depression and stuff. But, um, after reading this, I think that's, that's something that, that's a character that I would like to read more about just to see the writing, see if it's, if it's done well. I agree. Fair enough. Uh, I think to your point, Joe, I mean, I, I do think this is kind of a, a hard thing to grasp. And we, we did put together kind of a short list of characters, starting with the heroes who have been characterized to have one form of mental health challenge or another. Just a quick rundown of that list. We, we have touched on Legion having dis, dissociative identity disorder, which on screen is probably the most in-depth Marvel or DC has gotten with mental health. I mean, that show really, when it spent 
it's been at least I know two of the seasons in a mental institution, maybe even the third. I did not watch. Uh, Pete, did they ever leave that mental institution? Not really. I only lost the, I only lost the first two seasons yeah. too. So it, I mean, it it really it focuses on this heavily. Uh, and then we talked a couple times about Daredevil and depression, and that again does a really good job. That show hits on a lot of moral quandaries and a lot of inner feelings of inadequacy. It's a really good kind of way to focus on that as well. The Sentry is characterized as schizophrenic, which is one of those things like Logan hit on where in comics schizophrenia tends to be over-characterized into dissociative identity disorder. And we've said this before, that dissociative identity disorder is one that writers really like to work with. Let's just put it that way, for one reason or another. And then the other big one was Hank Pym being characterized as bipolar, which I believe, I haven't read a lot about Hank Pym, but I believe they've almost attributed his failures to his bipolarity. And it's just almost across the board panned as being a very bad way of portraying bipolar disorder. And to say these are in their infancy is probably pretty accurate, but just like with the LGBT representation we talked about, it feels like it's far past time for the comic book universes to catch up and to portray these things in an accurate light and one where the characters are not looked down upon for having one challenge or another, but it's but it's just real. It's just something we deal with. And I think independent comics have done a pretty good job of that. I thought I thought Invincible did a great job hitting some of these different things, whether it's depression, whether it's abuse, things like that. And I think mainstream comics really need to to kind of catch up in that regard. Any, any thoughts? Did I miss any major Marvel, DC, major indie characters, heroes specifically, that have uh, been characterized with disorders? So one thing I wanted to bring up that I know we talked about before, but I think it's worth mentioning. I will say, I think Heroes in Crisis was an interesting intro to this type of idea with anxiety, depression, and seeing what day-to-day superheroes covered um, and what they they go through. I think Wally West, they do a good job of showing all the trials that he's had in his life and how it basically just all comes in together to this big climax. The My problem with it is it is so extreme, as we talked about before. I'd like to see more people who struggle with like everyday anxiety, like we talked about, everyday anxiety, everyday depression, where it's not like Wally West when he was in crisis, he basically blows up and murders a bunch of people by accident. I'd like to see them. Um, I noticed Static Shock in the most recent run in issue one, as he gets stressed, his electricity kind of starts to like go through his hands and like you can see him start turning blue and he starts shaking and like that's an interesting concept because as someone who has anxiety there's a lot of times where i feel like i've got electric currents running through my body so i would like to see things like that explored where their powers are associated with it but it's not everything about them wait did you guys already mention deadpool i know he's not literally a hero no no that's a that's a good one um because he's kind of like he's interesting because it just seems like he has yeah, Logan, you should know, Tra- Tori's a huge Daredevil, Deadpool fan, so no worries there. You've got somebody in your corner. It's uh, it's transitioned into a weird Ryan Reynolds fandom that makes me uncomfortable, actually. <laughs> makes him uncomfortable yeah, sexuality, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit. With ha- having a fandom, like, for Ryan Reynolds, I think. You don't, need, you don't need to ask yourself any questions about your <laughs> about it. It's just that's Ryan Reynolds. He just does that. The guy's a genius, man. <laughs> oh, he's all around. He's just fantastic. Yeah. So and then and then just to wrap this up, general comics and mental health. We did talk a little bit earlier about what almost seems like a 
it almost seems like historically comics and, and pop culture in general felt more comfortable portraying mental health issues through villains. Do you think we're past that? Or are we still seeing examples of that? Whether it's, I've got actually a pretty long list of villains here that we didn't touch on. Typhoid Mary from Marvel has dissociative identity disorder. Carnage is clinically diagnosed with psych, psych, psychopathy. That's a weird one to pronounce. Are these, are mental, let me ask this question, hang on. Are mental health disorders still too frequently being associated with villains? And, and is that contributing to any type of negative stigma? Or do you think we're, we're, we're moving forward? I personally think we're moving forward. Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept because I agree that I think we're moving forward, but it's hard because you already have all these villains in the bag that already personify them. So they're going to keep coming up. So I think we're moving forward, but on the other hand, it's going to take a lot of years of moving forward until we have more heroes that often struggle with these same types of issues that the villains do. So I think we're in the right direction. I think there's a long way to go for sure, which makes sense. That's how it is with a lot of these modern concepts. The same thing we talked about the LGBTQ community. It, it takes time for those to develop at least somewhat organically. I Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, any, anything else on that issue? Any, anything else on the idea of villains, mental illness? Um, I did actually want to share a quote, and I don't know where I probably should have put this in earlier, but it was from that that study you said you came across to Logan, the holy PTSD Batman. Um, she made that that writer doctor made an interesting point. She proposed that finding, and I quote, finding a superhero who who also meets the criteria for a mental health diagnosis could be of comfort to those experiencing the symptoms themselves. To have a hero with mental illness portrayed in a positive light could provide hope and encouragement, or at the very least, lessen the feeling of isolation in those fighting mental illness. And I think to kind of wrap up comic books in, gen in general with mental health, I think it's so important because we are all, if, if you're into comic books, are all looking for a character or two to identify with and if we're struggling with something and we look at Captain America and it honestly doesn't look like he struggles with anything at all, it's hard to relate to that. And that's just the reality of these Paragon heroes. And we've touched on this in a couple of different settings. But for these heroes to become real people, that means they're going to reach a lot more people in their audience. And a lot more people are going to find solace in comics, which I believe is the ultimate goal. And I think there's a gap there between where, where comic books are with mental health and where they need to be. I would so agree with you on that. That was pretty much like one of the main, that was good. And the dab, the, the dab made it. <laughs> that was like one of the things, like I set out to do when I wrote, started writing one of my current projects. Um, it's the guy's name is Manic Man. Um, is he's the bipolar superhero he like the premise of the story is like he starts off basically trying to kill himself in the beginning of the series and through a series of events he and a lot of other individuals in the world acquire 
superpowers that are associated with their disorders. And our, well, some, some of the characters will end up being villains, but right, the main villain is someone that if they have an illness, the only thing it would be is narcissism. Is be, and it's just because, like I was saying earlier, like I just didn't feel like I, any superhero really resonated. Um, and I was like, that sucks. Like, I want to have, like, I felt really bad. I was like, why don't I, I don't have a superhero anymore. I was so bummed. And I was like, fuck it. I write. I guess I'll just write a character, like a superhero that I can identify with. And yeah. So like his powers and bipolarity has been a really fun one to write for superpowers because there's a lot you can do with on the manic side and on the depression side. Um, and ADHD has been a really fun disorder to give powers to. Anxiety has been a fun one. Like, and, but there, like, that is one thing I've been, I've tried really hard to stay true to is not giving, not making a character their disorder. Yeah. So we all have something. Absolutely. So, Logan, so Manic Man's coming out. It sounds like you're going to cover a pretty wide range of mental health challenges. You're going to stay away from a lot of those those tropey things that uh, certain comics, not naming names, probably Batman comes to mind, <laughs> fall into, which I really respect and I appreciate. And so, all right, so Manic Man is going to come out soon. Where can we find it? Where? When is it going to come out? So it's going to be actually released. Um, the first four episodes will be released on Bella as well. Um, in the next probably month, I'd say. Um, and so then from there, I'll be releasing an episode every week, which, and it, all the tropes, if, if I miss anything, you can blame Pete because I'm having him proofread it. So <laughs> yeah, this is a, it's a project I've been uh, pretty excited about to kind of help out with. It's a conversation we've had several times and I'm, I'm glad that he's finally able to do it and that I can at least put my hand in the pot for a little bit here and there. I do I do have a question, Logan, with you writing Manic Man and wanting to stay clear from kind of like the tropes and making these characters, I guess, basically, you know, a portrayal of, of their disorders. Did you still find it difficult to avoid that, even with kind of the experience and the knowledge that you do have? Yes, I like insulted some comic books and called like them lazy earlier. But the thing is like character development turns out it's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> and I have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of words to work with, to develop, a, to develop a character. They have panels, right? Like they have like the, the word count on a comic book probably doesn't ever go above like five, 10,000, right? Like, I don't think that would be a wordy comic um, for like one issue, right? I have between, I have 5,000 words every episode, minimally. Like, that's easy, like, you know? But it's still like, 
And it's one of the reasons why I was like joking, like how like you gotta have Pete um, proofread is because it's like they're just things you're gonna miss. Um, like you have to like have the character down first, and like think about like not just their their disorder, but like how it interacts with like who they might have been otherwise. That's a good question. Just off of that really quick, I did some math here and pulled some numbers. Uh, on average, most comic books have 35 words on max per panel. That's what they say is the max you should have. And most of them don't even have close to that. Um, they say 200 words per page again, which is max. So we're looking at a max comic that is nobody is going to read because it's too wordy. At max would have 4,000 um, words. And so, yeah, that's what I, was I was highballing. I'm thinking it's probably more around 2,000 words per. So it's, per it's an interesting side note. And that's that's like a normal chapter in a novel, right? Or less? Between that, yeah. I mean, a chapter can be anywhere. For, like I have some chapters that are 500 words and some chapters that are 7,000 words. Yeah. So that's like fair. you just have a lot more to work with when you're writing long form. Huh. Yeah. But, Comics are great because you can actually have art. Yeah, that's true. So with Bella, is that something we can get it through the, is that through the Kindle app? I know you mentioned Amazon. Does it have its own app? Um, I think it has its own app now. Okay, I think anything else anyone wants to say before we close out? This has been awesome. Like, yeah. I wasn't, I, I have nothing to compare it to because unfortunately I wasn't here for when we, um, interviewed Nick but like this topic was so intriguing and you just the way you carried yourself and the way you talked about it I appreciate it because it was very real but it was also very blunt and I I definitely appreciate that and I think people will too because I think a lot of times with topics like this is you kind of feel like you have to tiptoe around it um, but I felt comfortable asking and, and talking about it. I didn't feel like I was going to offend you or I didn't feel like I had to to hold back. So I appreciate that personally. No, I appreciate being on here. Like, honestly, I think it's like having like, like what you guys did, like the LGBT episode and this one, it's like one of the greatest ways to raise awareness and make it a conversation that people can have without feeling the need to tiptoe is when like channels that aren't specifically geared towards mental health or like LGBT start jumping on or like, well, like let's do our part. Like, you know what I mean? Like let's do this with our spin on it. And cause that's really how like all of these social issues yeah. get is with more people like, spreading no, i was gonna say i mean obviously your your book's gonna contribute to that as well so i mean it's all it's all progress like we said are we moving in the right direction i think as a community oh for yeah. sure and just off of what kind of you guys have all said tie it together i mean again thank you to logan for being being on the show with us we've been really excited to get you on the show um we'll probably have you on again touching on more light subjects, maybe we'll get you to talk about superhero physiques at one point, since if you haven't looked up Logan Atlas and looked him up on Instagram, you should do that and you can see why I'd be talking to him about physique. 
Um, but we do want to thank you. This has been a great conversation. I think to kind of tie it all together, um, we all have passions. Logan is obviously writing. All of us are very passionate about comics, and we want to be able to contribute to society, but in a way that makes sense to us. I think having conversations on mental health, having conversations about some of these more difficult topics, but doing it in a context that makes sense to you and that um, can also bring joy to your passions and can fulfill that for you is the best way to go about doing it. Uh, I think it's been a great episode, and I want to thank thank you again, Logan, for for taking the time to to get on this with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Well, thank you guys.